But I'm going to, I'm going to talk again uh, uh, along the lines of faith tonight. But we've got down to what we're going to be talking on for the next few weeks. We're going to talk on our words and um, how important words are. Words are really, really important. Amen. It's a huge part of our lives is, is words. And um, we need to know how to, how, how to operate in words. As a, as a believer, we need to know how to operate in words. If, you, if you're not saved, you need to know how to operate in words as well. But especially for us um, who understand the scriptures and, and you know, um, are, are putting God's words in our mouth and saying what God says about us. Amen. But you know what? We need to make sure that we're putting the word of God in our mouth and saying what God says about us. Amen. And I'm gonna, we'll look at words for the next few weeks and see really how important they are. And I tell you, words are really important. Words, words will destroy your life or words will set you free. And um, it's just how God has made us. And we'll look at a lot of things. Let me just say from the start as well, there's been a lot of abuse, abuse of this principle that we're going to talk on tonight. I mean, people, people take everything to extremes. You know, anything can be taken to extremes. Doesn't matter what it is, and you can take a good principle and take it to extremes. And words is one of those things, you know, or, or confession, as we'll, we would we would talk about um, in a scriptural sense. Which confession means to say the same thing as. And when we confess, we're saying the same thing as what God says about us. That's simply what confession is. But you know, this is a principle that has been taken to extremes many times. And you have people claiming other people's wives, and you know, claiming people's houses that they're living in. And all of these kind of things and it's just the extremities that give things a bad name but we're going to be looking at the scriptures and seeing what the scriptures say and that's where we'll be taking our basis from um, over the next few weeks I'll look at some of the extremes maybe and, and talk about some of the imbalance maybe as we get down to the end of this and bring a bit of balance to our words so that we, we, we don't get off balance we don't want to get off balance I've seen people get off balance in faith and seen people get off balance in every subject but many of you know, many, you know, there's a good in everything as well. And there's a right principle in everything as well. And what we're going to look, about, look at over the next couple of weeks in our words, I tell you, you get a hold of it, it'll change your life. And um, how important our words are. Amen. You know, I, I was thinking, just as we're starting this evening, you know, I was thinking back to a, a few years ago, I was working on the building site one day, and there was this guy... And he was driving a, a Jesse B and he put the bucket, you know, of the Jesse B. I mean, he just all of a sudden he just went like this with it. I was standing at the van and he put it right there. This massive bucket, right? I mean, I went mad because I wasn't happy. I don't play games with my life. I'm not interested in somebody who somebody can play games with their own life. But you know, when he put that right down to my face, I'm telling you, it was, I'm looking at this thing and I could see it coming at me. And boy, he just stopped it right in time, so he did. But you know, I was thinking about it. You know, if, if I wanted anybody, if I was to pick one person on this planet to put that bucket to my face, I'd have picked him. Because this guy knew how to handle that, machine, that bit of machinery. I mean, he was, he was brilliant on it. He was brought up in a family that, you know, done all of that kind of stuff. And he had been on JCBs from me as a child. And I mean, he, he could work that thing just like your hand going up to your nose and stopping. But there's no way I'd let him do it. And I give out to him and says, don't you ever do that to me again. Because I just don't believe in playing games with your life. Do you ever see people in the play games with their lives? There's, there was a clip on Facebook this week where somebody climbed up to the top of this big tower thing. It was a circular thing. Did you see that? And, and, and two, two of them they sat on the edge of this thing, just sat there. And they were walking around the top of it as well. I mean, it was a skyscraper kind of height. 
And they walked up and were walk, walking around the top of this. I, I, just, I, just, I just think that's stupidity. That's just, that's just my thinking. I know people can say I don't have fear, but there's a place where you have a bit of common sense as well. Um, and, you know, you don't, you don't play games your life. I plan to live long. And you're not going to live long playing games like that. And, uh, you know, many people die every year doing things like that, those extreme things where they climb up um, those buildings and are hanging off, off of the buildings with no harness or anything and they're swinging about in the wind. It just takes one slip and they're gone. That's stupidity. But um, what was I saying? I was just saying about I'm not interested in, in people um, playing games with their life. And I don't like anybody playing games with my life either. And um, you know, that's what he did that day. And he never done it again because I told him, you ever do that again, I'll make sure you're put off the site. Because there's no way I'm walking about a site and the next thing a big digger ain't coming up, <laughs> up to my face. Um, but what I'm saying is that guy could handle that piece of machinery. But it was a powerful piece of machinery, really powerful. And you know what? What we're going to talk about is our words. And some people don't realize that our words are a powerful piece of machinery. You know, the Bible says over in Proverbs that death and life is in the power of what? The tongue. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. There's death and life in this thing up here. This thing, this thing is either speaking life or this thing is speaking death. And you know what? We, we, should, we should learn how to, how to become ma masters of words. That we know what words are about and know how to use them. Because words are either destroying your life or words are setting you free. Amen? And they're powerful. They really are. And I'll, I'll, I'm just trying to put that out here at the start. Um, just, just to show the importance of it just as we start tonight. That scripture there is over in Proverbs um, 20, uh, 18 and verse 21. It says, Their death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. This tongue and your tongue, it's, it's like a weapon of mass destruction. Amen. Or it can be a master builder. It can change circumstances and change situations. But this thing here has destructive power in it. Or this thing here has creative power in it as well. And you know, it's God saying that about our mouth. And you'll see words the whole way through the scriptures. Amen. But tonight what I'm going to be looking at tonight is I'm going to, I'm going to be looking here at the faith of God tonight. That's what I'm going to be looking at tonight. And talking about words here. But I'm going to look at the faith of God tonight. And I believe this will really help us and minister to us. Um, let me say this as well off of Proverbs. Do I have that up there? Do Proverbs 18 verse 21. Let me say this off of this verse as well. It says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Do you know what? Your, your, your mouth has the ability to speak um, life. And it has the ability to speak death okay and again there what does it say in the power of the tongue some people, people don't realize there's power in your mouth amen there's power in it there's power to your tongue so it says death and life is in the power of the tongue now, let me say this here many people are given life to something that they should be given death to understand and some people are given death to things that they should be given life to because there's death and life in the power of the tongue and you know what, if you, if you understand how to use it, you'll be able to use it in a crack way. I'll show a few things here of how Jesus used his mouth in a minute. But you know what, you, you, can, you need to use your mouth to speak death to some things. You know, when things come against you, you need to speak death to it. Jesus spoke death to certain things, other things he spoke life to. But the problem is, as many times we mix that up. And we're speaking death to things that we should be speaking life to. 
Some people are cursing their home, cursing their family, cursing their business, cursing their abilities, cursing everything that God has given them. I can do nothing. I'm enough and I'm a nobody. What are they doing? They're speaking death to things that they should be speaking life to. Amen? And then there's other people speaking life to things that they should be speaking death to. There are some people, all they do is talk about their sickness and talk about their, 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 you know, their poverty and, and talk about their defeat and talk about that they're a victim and talk about who hurt me and, and all of these kind of things. And they're things they should be given death to, not given life to. Not given oxygen to those things and allowing those things still to breathe. There's some things in our lives we need to speak death to. But that's, that comes by understanding how to master your tongue. And God wants us to be masters over this tongue. Now, we can't do it in our own strength. I'll throw that out as well just as I'm talking like that. This tongue here, it says in James, no man can control. You need God to help you control your tongue. You can't do it in your own strength. Doing it in your own strength is, is doing it apart from God and apart from God's grace. We should never live apart from God's grace. We should always be drawn from His grace. It's His ability that gives us the ability then to take control of this. But this thing here, nobody can tame of themselves. You need God's help to tame it. That's why you need to fill your heart full of God's word. And you need to spend time with God and find out the things of God. Start, start drawing from God every day and start putting his words in your heart because then out of his words you'll start to speak. Amen. But it's not our ability. None of us in our own strength have the ability to control this thing. You ever try to control it in your own strength? Oh boy, this thing will get you in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's hard to tame nobody can tame it apart from God but thank God we're not without God Hallelujah. amen and you know what we can start to, to say the right thing and start really uh, some people are into positive confession I'm not I'm not into positive confession I think a positive confession is better than a negative confession okay I'm not, uh, I'm not for a negative confession but I don't think a positive confession is better than a negative confession. But it's not the best. The best confession is a word confession. The best confession is to say the same thing as God. And that's what confession means. It's homo legale. That's what the word means. And it means to say the same thing as. If God's saying something, don't say something different. Get an agreement. Jump on board with him. And start saying what God says about your life. Amen. So, um... Praise God. Well, that's what we're going to be looking at for, for, for a few weeks here. But, but tonight what I want to start off is I want to start looking at the faith of God. And really, I'm not talking here about faith in God. And I'll explain that as we go along. I believe if you understand the faith of God, you'll put faith in God. But this is maybe something a wee bit different maybe than what many times people look at but I, I, I believe we're to live by the faith of God Amen. and I'll talk about that as we go along but let's, let's just look at this for a moment and just see Jesus um, and how he used faith here for a second he's our, he's our example and there's a lot of people who say all you people all you do is or name it, claim it, blab it, grab it do you ever hear people talking like that and really they would just want to talk down about words and I know there's people that have misused all of that and you know blab everything and all the rest of it but there's a principle of, of that uh, confession brings possession that's a principle there's a, there's a principle that you have to say something first before it comes to pass that's a principle. That's a Bible principle. I'll show that next week, so will. But that's a Bible principle. 
It's not a, it's not a new age principle. It's not a self-help principle, uh, principle. It's a Bible principle. It's how God operates. And um, that's what we'll be looking at here. But, but when you look at Jesus, I'll show you in a second. Jesus spoke to everything. And he spoke to everything. Jesus is always using words. Let's just see this example of it here. Look at here in Matthew, uh, Matthew 11. And in verse 12, it says here on the morrow, when they were come to ba- or from Bethany, he was hungry. So we see Jesus here. He's hungry. He's looking some food. But like, but like us straight after Life Source, you know, the kids are looking food. The kids like to go to McDonald's every, every Thursday after Life Source. Go and get something to eat. Well, do you know what? Jesus was hungry. And Jesus is looking something to eat. And the Bible says here, a seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves. He came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. Do you know what? When, when, when um, a fig tree had leaves like that, it should have had fruit. Okay? It should have had fruit. Well, let me tell you, a fig tree is, is uh, uh, one of the types of a type of religion. You remember in the in the garden, what did the, what did Adam and Eve do? They covered themselves with fig leaves. I mean, you know, you can't cover yourself. You need God to cover you. The first thing that that God did after Adam sinned, that when they tried to cover themselves, it wasn't good enough. But God said there has to be bloodshed, and there had to be an animal that was shed. And the Bible says God clothed them. You can't clothe yourself. Amen. And do you know what? This is this is what this is a type of here as well. You know what? Religion can't clothe you. Amen. And there's no fruit in religion. There's no fruit in it. You can do it all in your strength and your ability and there's no fruit. But you know what? Here was the thing. When Jesus came to this fruit, he came expecting to, to find fruit on this tree because of the leaves were, were on it. But when he got there, there was no fruit. This tree was a hypocrite. Okay. <laughs> and what Jesus did was Jesus spoke to a tree. Now people can talk and say all of, the, all of the rest of it, but you know what? Even Christians make fun of, fun of other Christians for using words. I'm not into this thing of Christians, you know, bashing each other. We're family, okay? We're family. I, I believe as Christians, especially when we get a hold of the grace of God, we should be gracious. Amen. Amen. We should be gracious. I'm not interested in running down other ministries. I'm not interested in running down, you know, other leaders and stuff like that. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in building up. I'm interested in finding the common ground. uh, The common ground for us as a believer is, do we know Jesus as the Lord and Savior for life? If you have that foundation in place, we're brothers in Christ. We're sisters in Christ. We can get on with each other and, and you know what, and fellowship each other around that. Amen. I'm going to love everybody. Amen. But we can fellowship around that because that's the basis of our Christian walk, is that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the foundation. Amen. If you have that in place, praise God. I'm not interested in fighting. There's people and all they do is fight and, and, and run down other ministries and, you know, put up posts about other ministries and stuff like that. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in, in tearing down. I'm interested in building up. I'm not interested in, in blowing somebody else's candle out to try and make mine look brighter. Amen. But let's just all shine. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. But you know what it says here in verse 14? It says, And Jesus answering what? Said unto it. Notice this here. Jesus is speaking to a tree. Amen. Just think about that. Think about that. 
for a second. He spoke to the tree. And the Bible says here he answered it. So do you know what? The tree was speaking to him. Now I'm not talking about some tree like out of Lord of the Rings. Like you know that has a voice and is actually talking. I'm talking about your circumstances will speak to you. Things in life will speak to you. Reports will speak to you. Bills will speak to you. You know, uh, you, you, how many of you know things speak to you in life? Your thoughts speak to you. Situations speak to you. They, they don't have a voice like we have a voice, but they still have a voice and they speak. Amen? And you know what? When someone speaks to you that is not in line with what God says, and not in line with what you're desiring based on God's word, you need to speak back to it. Jesus answered the tree. He spoke back to the tree. Imagine that he spoke to a tree. And notice what he said here. It says he he spoke to the tree. It says he answered and said unto it. I mean his, his words were directed in a certain way. Jesus knew how to use his words. He spoke to the tree. He spoke to a fig tree. What are you speaking to? Amen. What are you speaking to in your life? And he turned around and he spoke to the tree. And notice what he said here. He said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And look at this. And his disciples heard it. He didn't speak it quiet. I mean, he spoke it. He spoke to this tree. And do you know what he spoke? He spoke what he desired. And he said, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And do you know what? The disciples heard it. And they just walked away. Can you, can you imagine the conversation that the disciples had? <laughs> He's now speaking to trees. <laughs> He's speaking to trees now. I wonder did they think he had lost it. Because he, he spoke to this tree and then walked on. Do you, do you know this, the tree didn't change? Do you know the tree looked the exact same? And sometimes we speak things and they look the same. But don't, the Bible says hold fast to your confession. Amen. When you speak it, don't let go. Don't matter what it looks like. Jesus spoke to a tree. And here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus just spoke to it. He didn't look and examine the tree. He didn't examine to see was it dying. That's sometimes what we do. We speak and then look at our circumstances to see if they're changing. No, Jesus had faith in what he said. When Jesus said he didn't care about what it looked like. He just kept walking. And he went to Jerusalem and, you know, those things happened there. And then they're on their way back now, okay? On the way back, look at this. And what I love about this is Jesus just walking. He's not even paying attention because when he spoke to that tree, that was the last he thought of it. He just kept walking, okay? It says, in the morning as they passed by, look at this, they saw, that's the disciples. <laughs> See, this is when they saw things change. See, sometimes we're waiting, to, we're waiting to see it before we say it. No, we need to say it before we see it. That's how Jesus operated. And Jesus said it, and he didn't care what it looked like. He just walked on. Here's what we do many times. We say it, and then we wait to feel. Do we have a feeling? Or is things physically changing? So we sit and look at things. Instead of just believe what we said, that it's working. God, you said it. You give me a promise. I believe it. I'm speaking it. I'm not moved by what I see. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it feels. Do you know what? There's one person in the Bible who was moved by what way something felt. And he was deceived. Do you know who it was? Isaac. Jacob came disguised as Esau. And he felt, he said, you feel like Esau. 
He was moved by how he felt. And he was deceived. We're not moved by how we feel. We're not moved by our eyes. We're not moved by any. We, 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 we believe what God says. Amen. We believe what God says. And if you believe what God says, you'll not be deceived. If you stick with what God says and not live by your feelings, you'll not be deceived. Jesus didn't wait for a goosebump and wait to see did the tree change. No, he just believed when he spoke that things were working. Amen. Look what it says here. They, they saw the fig tree. Look at this, that it was dried up from where? The roots. Do you know where roots are? Roots are in the unseen. You can't see them. You can't see them. You can't see that it's working. When Jesus spoke and said, No man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Do you know where it went to? The roots. It didn't go to the leaves. It went to the roots. But how many of you know if the roots are dead, the leaves are dead. It's just a matter of time. Amen? It's just a matter of time. And many times we're focusing on the, the, the leaves instead of speaking and believing that when we spoke something it went to the root. And if it's, killed, it's dead at the root, it's dead. <coughs> Amen? You see, Jesus believed that when he spoke those words would come to pass that he said. He believed them. You see, he had faith in what he said. He had faith. Amen? He had faith when he spoke something. He believed. It went into the unseen. Let me tell you, when you speak, you start believing that God is working all things together for your good. Why you can see it or not. It doesn't matter why you can see it now at this present moment in time. Just believe. I don't know what way it works. I can't see into the spiritual arena. But when you speak in faith, God's lining everything up. Amen. Things are working on your behalf. You just have to believe it. Amen. Sometimes people say, uh, that's fanatical. Well, Jesus believed it. Jesus spoke and believed that those words that he spoke were working, even though he couldn't see it. But he believed they were working. And he believed so much that he never even thought another thing about it. He just went and allowed his faith to keep working. Amen. You know, there's a story where it talks about your faith, that it's like out there working in the field for you. And don't take it in until the job's finished. Amen. Keep it out in the field working. Some people go and look to see is it working. Instead of just let your faith keep working until it brings it to pass. Amen. 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 That's a good word. Um, and look what it says here. And Peter calling to remembrance. Say it unto him, Master, behold the fig tree which you cursed. Look at this here. Jesus cursed the fig tree. That's what I was saying. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. Here's something Jesus spoke death to. Amen. He spoke death to it. And there's things in our lives, negative things and things that come against us. We need to speak death to those things, not life to them. Jesus spoke death to this situation. And it says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Look at this, Have faith in God. Amen. In the Greek here what it says is, Have the God kind of faith. Or else it says it this way, Have the faith of God. That's what that means. See, Jesus said, here's how God uses his faith. Here's how the faith of God works. You want to understand how the faith of God works? You get a hold of your words. That's how it's released. Faith is believing, okay? But it's released through your words. Amen? And actions. But Jesus is talking about words here. Look what it says. For verily I say unto you that whosoever... Anybody whosoever here? Yeah, that means it'll work for you. And they used to say years ago all the time, whosoever meaneth me. And they would say that for salvation. Because salvation is for whosoever. 
shall call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. Anybody can call upon the name of the Lord. This will work for whosoever's as well. So you're a whosoever, I'm a whosoever. And Jesus says, here's how faith works. Here's how, here's how the faith of God works. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. See, Jesus is showing, here's how faith works. I'll break this down as we go along, not tonight. I'll just read it out tonight. Be thou removed. And be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he what? says. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus said, you want, this is how the faith of God works, guys. I'm teaching you on the faith of God. Have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith, or have the faith of God. Here's how the faith of God works. When you speak, you believe what you say. You believe what you say will come to pass. Amen? That's how faith works. So it says here, um, And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Now, people can talk about words and don't talk about words. I'm reading the words of Jesus here. I didn't make this up. This is, this is in the Bible. This is in red in your Bible. Amen? Jesus said, Whosoever can have whatsoever he says. I didn't make that up. I just believe it. Amen? I just believe it. So you can have what you say. Amen? You can have what you say. You can have what you say. Amen? Now, there's a bit of balance to be brought down. I'll bring it out as we go along. I'm not, see, again, people took that there to extremes. You can have what you say. And people started just speaking covetous things and... People just started um, coveting other people's wives. And, you know, this person's going to be my wife. I claim them in Jesus' name. How many, how many know you, you can't claim somebody to be your wife or claim somebody to be your husband? If that was the case, I'd have probably married Julia Roberts. Because when I was saved, that's who I was trying to claim to be my, my wife. Because I used to think she was gorgeous. Okay? <laughs> but thank God it didn't come to pass. And I met the most beautiful woman on the planet. Amen. I'll dig myself out of that hole. Amen. <laughs> but you know what? Whenever I got saved and I heard about faith and all, I was claiming everything. I was claiming, you know what? Oh, yeah, she's good looking. I claim her to be my wife. It doesn't work that way. Man, you know, they have eyes as well, and they have to make a choice. <laughs> okay? So it doesn't work like that. But you know what? But you can but here's the thing, you you can you can find a scripture to believe on and you can claim what a scripture says. You're not claiming people. You understand? You can't say I claim that person to be my husband or that person to be my wife or whatever. But you can have a scripture and start believing God for a for a, a husband or a wife. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and believe God for the husband or wife that God has for you, not somebody else's. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. People took things to extreme and then people just throw the baby out with the, ba the bathwater. No, keep the principle. The principle is good. You'll have what you say. But, but it, it, God, God's back in His will. So you can go and find a scripture and find out what God says. How does faith come? It comes by hearing and... Hearing by the Word of God, well, it's going to start with the Word of God. You're going to have to find a scripture that you can stand on and believe God for. If you don't have a scripture to stand on to believe for it, 
well then you don't know whether it's God's will for you or not. And so if it's not God's will for you, if you don't have scripture for it, well then you, get, you have no basis for putting faith. So it's, you have to read that into it, but I don't have time to explain all of that this evening. But I want to hit on this tonight, having the faith of God. Amen? Praise God. So I'm going to look at a couple of things here for a second. Actually, actually let me do this here, just as we're, before we get into a couple of these scriptures here. Let me, let me just say, as I said, I said a moment ago, that Jesus was always used in words and he's a master of words so I, I done a study one time just for myself where I went through the whole gospels and I looked at every time that Jesus spoke and I took note of it and I tell you Jesus knew how to use his words on purpose yeah just like you often heard it said you know, that faith is like, is like a, 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 a tool that allows you, you know, to, to, to open something and close something or to work on something on purpose. You can, take a, you can take a tool and actually fix things on purpose or work on things. Well, do you know what? Faith is the same and words are the same. And when you look at Jesus, Jesus knew how to use his words on purpose. And I tell you, here's, here's the thing about Jesus. You go and look at him, you'll, you'll, you'll never find him complaining. And I know we're all catching up, okay? <laughs> we don't need to uh, condemn ourselves or anything. If we're not there yet, there's none of us there yet. We're on, we're on a journey. Okay, just keep your eyes on Jesus. He, he has it all figured out. You don't have to be perfect. I'm not saying that we don't, we don't change and we don't go from glory to glory. But he, he's perfect. We just keep our eyes on him. We're on a journey. We're not, we're not there yet, okay? And thank God for the journey that we're on and how far we've, we've all come. But you know what? There's a long way to go. None of us have it all together. None of us know it all. And none of us have it all figured out. But you know what? When you look to Jesus, you can find your example. You don't find him complaining. You don't find him moaning. You don't find him groaning. Do you know what you do find him? You find him using his words on purpose. You find him speaking. And he speaks a lot. And, and I just call out a few of these here. I'm going to just do these here, here quickly and just run through a few of these. Um, and I won't be giving the verses per se. I'll just be talking these things out. But you know what? When Jesus was in the wilderness, he said, it is written. Do you know what he's doing? He's using words. It is written. And to the leper, Jesus said, I will. When he came and said, if it's your will, you, you can heal me. When Jesus turned around on purpose, he just turned around and he said, I will. He used his words in a certain way. To the Roman centurion, he said, I will come and heal him. Talking about his servant. To the storm, Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and said, Peace be still. You'll find Jesus speaking to sickness. You'll find him speaking to demons. You'll find him speaking directly to the devil, saying it is written. You'll find him speaking to storms. You'll find him speaking about the fig tree, speaking to the mountain. I mean, Jesus spoke to everything. And it's amazing how people say, oh, you are just blab it, grab it. But you know what? Well, have a look at Jesus, how he ministered. And if he's your example to follow, well, then if you're going to follow him and his example, what did he speak to? Well, whatever he spoke to, I'm going to speak to as well. Amen? Um, to the demons, he commanded them to go. He rebuked them and told them to depart. To the man with a withered hand, he said, stretch out your hand. I mean, the man's hand's withered. And what Jesus said, stretch your hand out. See, he's calling things that be not as though they, they were. 
to the man let down through the roof. He said to this man, a paralyzed man, he said, take up your bed and go home. Huh? Take up your bed and go home to Jairus' daughter. He said, damsel, arise. And it's amazing how many times Jesus said arise. Said arise. I, I think we need to rise up. I think God is more for us. Amen. Amen. In your own individual life, I believe God is more for you. I, I believe it's time to arise. Amen. To a deaf and dumb man, he spat and touched his tongue and put his fingers in his ears and said, Be open. That's like saying, Mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. To Peter, he spoke and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. To Peter's mother-in-law, he's, he's, he, he rebuked the fever that was on it and it left her. Peter was probably mad. He was probably hoping she'd die. No, money joking. <laughs> His mother-in-law. <laughs> but with Peter's mother-in-law, he rebuked the fever and it left her. Let me tell you, Jesus is speaking to fever. And then people say, if you speak to things, oh, oh you know, what, what, what do you do? You can't just don't talk to things. You're stupid. You talk to things. Well, Jesus wasn't stupid. He was a wiser than Solomon. And he spoke to a fig tree. He spoke to fever. Amen. The widow's son at Nain, um, Jesus said, Young man, I say unto you, arise. He's dead. And Jesus is saying, arise. A woman bound for 18 years, Jesus said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmities. I think Jesus mastered his words. He spoke what he desired. He didn't speak the problem, he spoke the answer. Amen. He didn't come and say, Oh, there's no fruit in the tree, there's no fruit in the tree. I mean, he spoke what he desired. Amen. Ten lepers, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Let me tell you, there were lepers. You were meant to be cleansed before you'd go and show yourself to the priests. But Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. And one returned. You know the story. Who, was, uh, uh, who returned and, um, and came to Jesus and gave him glory. And... and um, Jesus said to this one, he says, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Again, talking to rise, arise. Rise up. Move on from this. Amen. Move on from it. Amen. Move on. I'll tell you, we're not victims. We need to rise up. Arise out of your situation. Arise out of it in Jesus' name. Speak it out. Amen. Praise God. Blind Bartimaeus. I was writing my notes, Blind Bart. Because I don't know how to spell Bartimaeus. I just write <laughs> Blind Bart. <laughs> Blind Bart. <laughs> um, Jesus said unto, Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Amen. <laughs> um, Jesus said, <laughs> when I came, when at, the, at the, the wedding in Canaan, he said, fill the water pots with water, draw out and bear onto the governor of the feast. Fill the water pots with water. He's always speaking. And the water turned to wine. Amen. The nobleman's son, he, he was sick with a fever. And Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. The man at the pool of Bethsaida again, he said, rise, take your bed and walk. To the blind man, go show, um, or go wash in the pool of Siloam. He sent him and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. I mean, yeah, these people were still blind when they went, but Jesus said, go and do it. These people were, were paralyzed 
When Jesus said, raise up. See, Jesus didn't speak the problem. He spoke the desired end result. That's having the faith of God. Amen? With five loaves and two fish, Jesus lifted them up and blessed them. He didn't curse what was in his hands. He blessed what was in his hands. Amen. Lazarus. You know the story there. He spoke a lot around there. But one of the greatest things he said was. He said to Martha. He said your brother will rise again. Amen. Take away the stone. Lazarus come forth. Loose him. Let him go. Again I'm just trying to show here. Jesus is always using words. When you're looking to see how he used them. And then just see how we talk compared to Jesus. Are we saying the same thing as he says? Are we in agreement with him? Do we speak like him? I, I, don't, mind, I don't mind looking alien to everybody else as long as I'm in agreement with him. I don't mind if, if, if I am acting like Jesus and everybody else thinks I'm strange. I don't mind because a lot of people thought Jesus was strange as well. But I, I, I'm going to stick with him. Amen? Look, look at this here. Here's what Jesus told us. And again, I'll look at this here because you need the faith of God for this. Okay? He told us to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. That's what he told us to do. Okay? You need the faith of God for that. He said when you, be uh, when you believe on him, the works that he did shall we do also. And greater works than these. Well, I tell you what, you're going to need to have his faith to be able to do that. Amen? It says here as well, just to Jesus, just in the la, uh, 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 at the end of his life, coming to the end of his life, Jesus started to declare that I will be killed, but I will rise in three days. Do you know Jesus spoke into his future? What are you speaking into your future? What are you declaring into your future? Jesus spoke to the wind. He spoke, he spoke to demons to leave. He spoke to storms. He, he spoke to the fig tree. He spoke to sickness. He spoke to lack. He spoke to all of these things. He even spoke into his future and said, I will rise in three days after I'm killed. Amen. Because there's a principle there of how faith works. Because you have to say it first before it comes to pass. And Jesus was always speaking. Amen. Also, um, before Caiaphas and, and the Jewish council, Jesus said there as well, he said, I am he. He said, I say unto you that hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Do you know what he's doing again? He's speaking into his future. Amen. You know the last thing he said to us was before he left this planet? All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore. He gave us the great commission. Amen. Now, for us to do that, for us to fulfill the great commission, do you know what we have to have? We have to have the faith of God. Now, this is different than having faith in God. Okay. Just let me explain this here, and we'll close on this this evening. But I'll, I'll I'll throw out a few of these scriptures because you have to recognize that you have the faith of God. Once you receive Jesus, you have the faith, the faith of God. Amen. You have His faith. You need to have His faith to do what He asked you to do. You're not going to do it in your own faith. Okay. My faith is like a is like a spade. Trying to do what God's called us to do with a spade. Jesus' faith was like a JCB. Did you ever try and dig out a foundation with a spade? I remember doing it one day. I remember doing it one day when I was working, working um, a few million years ago down in Belfast. I had to, to dig out the front of a house. 
down the, the, the build up the front of the house again. I mean, I was wiped out at the end of the day digging, digging with a spade because you couldn't get a the wee mini diggers in. It wouldn't come that far. But, there, but you know what? We can go in life trying to do things in our faith. And I you know you can believe God for so much in your own ability. Do you know what I mean? Or even just believe in life. But how, how much better would it be to believe with God's faith than your faith? Do you understand? Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what it's like? It's like um, if you found, right, if you found Bill Gates' wallet, so to speak, right, access to his money how many would dream a wee bit different yeah. huh how many would dream a wee bit do you know why because you don't you're not acting out of your ability anymore you're acting out of his understand what i'm saying see when it comes to faith you need to recognize that there's human faith that's your that's your faith what you can believe for but then you need to recognize that you have the faith of god you have to start asking, what can he dream through me? What can he bring to pass through me? Not what can I bring to pass? Not what can I dream for? You need to recognize you have the faith of God. See, that's, what, that's different than saying I have faith in God. No, you have his ability in you to believe for things. You have his ability in you to dream for things. What does he say you can do? Not what you can think of. See, if you're going to live out of your faith, you'll be limited to your ability. And most times we're limited to our, our senses, okay, or our surroundings, or our circumstances. But when God starts showing you things and you recognize that you have his faith, you can actually start to arise <laughs> and, and, and actually start to believe God for greater things. What does he say you can, you can believe for? See, you have to recognize you have his faith. Jesus said, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Stop operating in your own faith. Come up a bit higher. Let me show you how faith works. You can speak to mountains and they'll be removed. That make sense? Amen? You need to change the way we, that we think. Look, look, I'll show you a double-sided coin, so to speak, of the faith of God here in a second. But look, look here and... In Romans here, and in, in Romans 3 verse 20, it says, Wherefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being manifest by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith, what's it? notice that, faith of Jesus Christ. Not faith in. Although you have to put faith in. But I'll explain this here for in a second. Let me just read out these couple of verses and just show you them. There's a difference between faith in and the faith of. Okay? Look here in Galatians for a second. Galatians 2 verse um, 16. It says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even have we believed in Jesus Christ, that, he might be just, uh, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Notice that. Amen. And not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Here's another scripture that we're very familiar with. Um, Galatians 2 and verse 20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Praise God. And the life which I now live in the flesh, what did he say? I live by the faith of 
the Son of God. It's amazing how many people quote that and say, I live by faith in Jesus Christ. But that's not what he's talking about. Paul's saying, I live by the faith, I have his faith in me. Eh? I have it. I have his faith. It's like I have Bill Gates' wallet. I can use it. I can spend like Bill Gates. Does that make sense? Well, when you have his faith, you can believe like he believes. Because you have his faith. Now, there's two sides of this coin. I just throw it out here. What does the faith of God mean? Number one, the faith of God means this. Like when it comes here to, it talks about um, justification by the faith of, of Jesus. Okay? Do you know you're not saved by your faith? You're saved by his. Now you have to put faith in what he done. But what I'm saying is he accomplished redemption for you by his faith. Do you understand that? You don't have to produce it in other words. Does that make sense? You don't have to produce anything. You just have to put faith in what he already put faith in. And won for you by his faith. Do you understand what I'm saying there? When you get saved, you're not trying to work for salvation. You're not trying to produce salvation or anything else that comes in redemption. It's already been provided for you. How was it provided for you? By the faith of Jesus. He done it. See, he went to the cross for you. He believed that he would pay the price for you and rise again the third day. That's why in, in, in um, Hebrews um, chapter 13, it answers, No, he's the hero of our faith. He's the captain of our faith. Amen? So when you talk about the faith of God, number one, the faith of God is what He accomplished for you. That takes the struggle out of your Christian walk because you don't have to produce it. Faith doesn't produce. Faith manifests what Jesus already won for you. It takes the struggle. There's no struggle to the Christian walk when the burden was all on what He done, not what I do. So you need to live by the faith of Jesus as in, I'm I'm putting faith in what he won for me by his faith. That's living by the faith of God. Do you understand? You're living by the faith of what Jesus won for you. That's one side of it, okay? The other side of it is this, is I live by the faith of the Son of God. Is this, I have his faith. Amen? I have his faith. Do you know when Paul lived his life, he lived his life not based on his puny dreams. He lived them based on what God said I could believe for. Does that make sense? Amen? In other words, start realizing you have. You have the faith of God. Some people say, how, well, how can I, how could I house the faith of God? People think those things, how can I house it? I tell you, your spirit is bigger than you realize. Do you know that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? So if you can house the Holy Spirit, I think you can house the faith of God. Okay? So I see sometimes people don't, don't think like this. But you know what? If you're going to believe God for what He says in His Word, you're going to need His faith to believe for that. You can't do it in your own faith. It takes supernatural faith to start believing for some of these supernatural things that God puts in our heart. Yes. Yeah? But you know what? You, you have to recognize I have it. Start to declare I have the faith of God. Start to declare I already have it. Jesus said to the disciples, Guys, get a hold of how faith works. Not your faith. Get a hold of the God kind of faith. Amen? The burden is off because Jesus by his faith 
won everything for us. All the promises of God are yes. He did that by His faith. Okay? But you have to recognize now you have His faith so that you can believe for those things. You have the faith of God. Amen? I'll call these scriptures out here quickly just as we close this evening. Look over here. Romans 12 and verse 3. What does it say there? That you have the what? The measure of faith. In other words, what I'm trying to say is here, you already have it. You already have faith. Stop saying, you know what? Uh, I wish I had faith. No, start to declare and I have the faith of God. Start to declare and I have the faith of God. I can believe for what God says I can believe for. That is the faith of God. Amen? You have it. And it's, as I say here, we've said it many times, it's not a measure of faith. It's the measure of faith. In other words, do you know what? If you went and bought a, do- a, a, a big bag of dog food, do you know what? If you bought a, de- a bag of dog food, do you know what? It's like as if that's the measure, okay? We all have that measure. It's not that we have all different measures. Let me tell you, we all have the faith of God, every one of us. Once you receive Jesus, you have the faith of God. Paul just decided to live by it and said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? No here? Again, this is the same principle of these things. Um, Peter, 2 Peter 1 verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Do you know why it's like precious? Because we all have the same. Okay? We all have like precious faith. We have the measure of faith. Amen? Galatians is a, is a scripture here that many times people use and when it talks here about faith and the fruit of the Spirit, we'll talk about faithfulness. But the word here is actually faith. You have to recognize you already have faith on the inside of you. I don't mind teaching. If I teach on the fruit of the Spirit, I usually teach both. But you know what? The word here is faith. I want you to know you already have faith. Some people say, I don't have faith. They're already shooting themselves in the foot before the start. When I start saying, I do have the faith of God, I can believe for that. That's a better starting place. Amen? Far better starting place. Amen. Praise God. I'm not going to go any further there this evening, but I just want to let you know that you have the faith of the Son of God.